Y bienvenido de nuevo al episodio 47 del podcast de Algo Bruin. 47! The Tory Krug and Stevie Snipes episode. Stevie Snipes, Tory Krug, is he coming back? I don't know. Actually, he there's a pretty strong possibility that he might be, he might not be. I mean... I don't know. We'll get into it a little bit. But yeah, hey, welcome back to the Something's Bruin podcast, episode 47. Um... As always, brought to you in partnership by the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, if you're wondering why we just did the intro in Spanish, it's because I'm in Cancun right now. Mexico! Um, in Mexico, deep on the coast, um, right next to Cuba, actually. It's kind of cool. Oh, swim over. Yeah, I might. I might get some nice cigars. Yeah. Oh my God, bring me one back. Right. Yeah, but um, I mean, there's some obvious big news today. Uh, Taylor Hall traded. Nick Felino traded and signed. <sighs> Today's been weird. Today's been weird. I don't know if anyone really truly knows what's going on. It's been super weird. And coming right off of <clears throat> the awards ceremony from last night as well, which. Um, on Twitter too, because it was a clean sweep for the Bruins, three for three. And I was hoping that Don Sweeney was going to win the executive award, whatever it's called. And I was freaking out because I thought that I missed it. But I, I guess they're holding it for the NHL draft. So we'll find out tomorrow if the Bruins go four for four. But on top of that too, they also had the new logo and jersey yes. release for the upcoming centennial season. What are your thoughts on those? Dude, I love them. I think um, they look so cool. I think that logo is better than the uh, the Spoke B logo that we grew up with anyways. I think it's oh, more yeah. clean. I think it plays to the history better. I think the jerseys are better too. Um, not to say that the jerseys they have now are bad, but I, I just think that vintage look is so much nicer. Yes. Yeah, so are they wearing those jerseys for all – or is it just – the logo on their current jersey they're they're changing or are they like changing the whole jersey to go with the new the new crest no i think um they're changing the whole jersey and if you go oh my god on this guy's twitter um i'm i'm pretty sure he's the guy who's who's creating the new jerseys i know he's put down a couple of mock ones out and if it's the jerseys that he's put up before then I can't wait to see what they are. Oh, so his, his name is yeah. His name is Luke um, Washness, and you can follow him at Luke W O I S H N I S. And you can look at those jerseys right now on Twitter, and I I love them. Yeah, no, those are pretty cool. They, they put out the Bruins tweeted a a video of like different stages of Bruins jerseys throughout their history. And then they, they attached it with like a date from their upcoming schedule. So it almost made it seem like they're going to be wearing a different Bruins jersey for like every 
10 games throughout the season or something. There's like eight right. of them. Like there was one that represented uh, the era of the big bad Bruins and it had like those, those classic jerseys. There was one uh, from the nineties and it had like the Pooh bear on it. And then they yeah. had like, it ended like game 80 the, or like 75, whatever it was the Bruins are going to wear like their back to back to modern. They're going to wear their modern Bruins jersey. So if they do that, like if they wear a different, I'm sure they probably tweeted this in great detail, but I just missed it from all of the other <laughs> hockey news that was going on on Twitter today. But if they were like a different jersey every, every you know, for a stretch of games throughout the year to honor the jerseys of past, that's pretty cool. Because it's, it they're, the, pretty cool. They're, they're the first American team to turn 100, which is a yes. pretty big deal. I mean, when they turn 90, I, I, I remember the, the 90 patch on their jersey, but did they do anything other than just putting a patch on their jersey? Mm, nothing more than that, really. There was nothing significant. Like yeah, 100, 100 years is a pretty big deal. 100 years. Yeah. It's the first American team to be to you know reach that mark. Obviously, one of the original six teams. So you have to honor your history in this kind of way. And I think the way that they're doing it is pretty cool. Um, it would be nice if they could honor the 100th season with a successful hockey team. And that is yet to be seen. But so let's talk about that a little bit. So Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno sent to Chicago for Regula and Mitchell. Um, obviously, that clears up the $6 million that Taylor Hall's salary cap was hitting against you know the Bruins. And you lose Nick Foligno, who gets paid by Chicago. By the yeah, way. dude, good for him. Yeah. I'm happy for him. But, I mean, I think we all knew that one of these big chips was going to fall. And I think it makes sense to have it go before July 1st, before – the draft and but see see but nick but th- this you would have expected that to happen with the um with the with the um attachment of a tyler bertuzzi you know uh, yeah re-sign. But, yeah but like i still i know that there's been a lot of stuff that's been said today about tyler bertuzzi i know people have been saying that they don't feel confident that he's going to come back based off of what don sweeney said but I don't know. Did you do you see exactly what Don Sweeney said? Because I just I didn't see I didn't hear his quote. I didn't see a quote. I just saw people saying that they don't feel confident based off of what Don Sweeney said. So I'm trying to find it right now. I know it was um, Kevin DuPont from the Globe. Um, it was some quote. Do, 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 do. I saw his tweet because he was saying I think this is the guy you're talking about. Was he the one who tweeted that uh, that? Don Sweeney doesn't feel confident that Hathaway, Bertuzzi, Orlov, and I'm missing one, will come back next year, will be re-signed or something like that. Yes. Yeah, it was that tweet. And it's it's like I, I don't I don't know what the plan is. I have no idea. I, th- I feel like everything is up in the air right now, and it's kind of scary. Like you yeah. can see you could see the Bruins. You've heard Lucic rumors. You've heard Mark Shifley rumors. You've heard Bergeron and Krejci retirement rumors. You've heard Allmark rumors. You've heard Bertuzzi resigning rumors. Obviously, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno are gone, so those aren't rumors anymore. But you, I don't think – I think 99% of people have no idea what the direction of this team is right now. You don't know if you're going to see more youth in the lineup next year. You don't know if you're going to see veteran free agent signings. You have no idea. Yeah, and it's honestly really stressful. And I was, and I, and I think a lot of people were expecting as soon as one of these trade chips was moved, in this sense, Taylor Hall, that the Pertuzzi extension would likely follow. And I think the last thing right. people would, were expecting to hear was Boston Globe reporters saying that Don Sweeney isn't confident that Pertuzzi will be resigned next year. But like, I still feel like you don't, you don't trade. And I understand that Taylor Hall was simply a salary dump. 
in terms of what they got back for him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you don't make that move right now and get that return back if you don't have some sort of plan in place. I think the Bruins have a plan in place, and I think they know what they want to do. They have a vision for it. I, I'm still confident that Bertuzzi is going to come back. There's no way all three of them, Bertuzzi, Hathaway, and Orlov are going to come back. And I, I think that the most likely to not come back is Orlov, and it seems like what a lot of people have been reporting today is that they don't think he's going to come back, which personally, like, I don't, I hate to say it, but like that, that's fine. Like I'm, I'm okay if, if Orlov is leaving, if you can only get one, you want Tyler Bertuzzi. But despite what this guy from the globe reported today, I still feel fairly confident that the Bruins will work something out with Tyler Bertuzzi because I just, I feel like it's part of the plan. And I feel like that move yesterday of unloading Taylor Hall for a couple of AHL defensemen, although that Mitchell guy sounds like he could maybe get some minutes with, if they move more defensemen this year as well, especially, um, I feel like they don't make that move if they don't have something concrete in place. And if they feel like they don't have momentum building with Bertuzzi, but just quickly too, it scared the shit out of me yesterday when I saw the tweet that said that uh, like now that, I think Don Sweeney said that like now that Taylor Hall is gone, not exactly kind of paraphrasing, but now that Hall is gone, he can begin negotiations with Bertuzzi. And I saw that and I was like, what do you mean begin? You you haven't been talking <laughs> to him this whole time? Why would you trade Taylor Hall if you weren't talking to Bertuzzi? So that yeah. part kind of scared me. But I don't know, dude. It's 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 interesting because obviously the futures of Bergeron and Krejci are up in the air. I think Krejci's gone. I think Krejci's done regardless. Bergeron is 50-50. But even – so say say Bergeron retires. Then what? Because you're banking on Bergeron taking that $1 million cap hit, um, taking minimal money. Then that gives you room to sign Bertuzzi and still have that one C spot filled out. But if Bergeron leaves, you're not going to have room to sign both. You're going to need a 1C more than you're going to need Bertuzzi. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to uh, make some moves to get a 1C in here. And I don't know who that guy is. I know they've been talking. There's been rumors they've been talking to teams about centers throughout the league and that the Bruins are getting aggressive. I saw reports today that they they were trying to move up into the first round and that it that doesn't really have any traction. But there's a lot of time between now and when this episode drops down with tonight. Um, but it's it's you want to give Bergeron the respect to come up with his decision as you know when it's his time and no way in hell he's going to give you a decision right now it's early in the offseason he's also i believe he's currently in the hospital right now welcoming his new new i think is it his son either way i think so i think new child in one of these days it's coming out soon so happy for him but um at the same time like you have an organization to run and the bruins are going to have to answer some questions here whether or not Bergeron is going to be part of this team next year or not, the Bruins still have more cap space to clear. If Bergeron comes back, you can kind of go whoof and kind of you know get some of that sweat off your brow because, like you said, there's a $1 million contract in your top-line center. If he doesn't come back next year, now you're going, oh, shit, because a player of Bergeron's caliber or any other 1C in the entire league is going to cost 4 $5 million bottom line. At least that's how much they should cost. So just to get that, you're going to have to start shedding some more contracts making some more moves. And I tweeted this yesterday, but um, a, a, it seems like Forbert is probably gone. So there's mm-hmm. three mil. If they could attach Riley to a trade or buy him out, you can save some money there. Um, and then I tweeted it yesterday of you could get rid of Grizzly as well. And I think Brett said it as well. But if you were to move Grizzly, Forbert, and trade Riley with the cap space they would have right now, I believe that's like around 20 mil in cap space, which is yeah. good. 
that's before you would extend Bertuzzi. You would have enough money left over, hopefully, to uh, either trade or sign a 1C. Zaka can play that 2C position. Hopefully, you can keep Trent Frederick around. But yep. then Mason Laura isn't ready yet. So now you have to adjust your defensive crew because you just traded three left shot defensemen. So I don't know. It, it, it's the more kind of everybody has been tweeting like their cap projections for this team next year. And the more you look at these uh, examples that people are putting out, the more you realize Don Sweeney's going to have to get real creative this offseason. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking at this report that, that uh, came out about four hours ago today. Um, it was from Dan Rosen. He said the Bruins are operating under the assumption that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci won't be back. President Cam Neely said, but they're still hopeful they they're still hopeful they will be. And communication is open with the players. They're giving them space and time to make decisions on their futures. Um, GM Don Sweeney said, "What Bergeron and Krejci ultimately decide won't impact how they operate now and through free agency. They will get them if they want to return." So. What do you what do you what did you make of that? Like like obviously the Bruins are gonna have to push and and, and continue with their plan regardless of a Bergeron decision or not. But but that that can't be true that that they're gonna move on move forward with their offseason as planned because that's not possible. If Bergeron comes back, you have that one C spot filled. If Crazy yeah. comes back, the two C spots filled. Those are two giant gaps that you're gonna look to fill if they don't come back yeah and that's why like it's 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 so the the Bruins are saying all the right things but you got to think deep down in that war room they're probably panicking and they're getting a little nervous because they're trying to build a team here and you don't know if you're going to have your your top two centers uh heading into next season and it's not just you know Bergeron and Krejci's importance obviously on the ice obviously in the locker room but more importantly with the state of this salary cap who can you put around them and if you have Bergeron right. and Krejci here next year and it's a, you know, they're making $2 million, but whatever bonuses they have, I don't know exactly what the number comes out to, but it will be significantly no- lower than any other 1C or 2C you could have the entire league. And just them coming back dramatically improves the Sweeney's ability to construct a roster next year. So the Bruins are saying all the right things and giving them the, all the time in the world that they want to, you know, do it, you know, take your time. Let us know if you're coming back. But you know, they're probably, you know, sending them that text every morning. You decide yet? What are you thinking? What's right. going on? Because like the Bruins need to know. Now, I think it's okay for the Bruins, like you said, to operate under the 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 uh, inclination that David Krejci isn't coming back. Because I agree with you. I think that the way that last season ended for him and kind of the way that last season went, I know he was battling some injuries throughout the year. He got hurt in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think he's not coming back. I still think that Patrice Bergeron will be back next year. There's just something about the way that this season ended. The the highs of the season, I think he had a lot of fun playing this year. And the way that it ended, I feel like Bergeron can't go out that way. He's still on the top of his game. He just won his sixth Selkie. And he won by the widest margin in the 45 years that the trophy's been available. So he's still far and away the best two-way center in the game. He still has a lot to contribute. Um... And I know last year too, like there were a lot of reports last year of, you know, verified reporters from the Globe or the Herald or whoever, EI or the Sports Hub saying that like, you know, we don't know about Bergeron, the inclination, he might not come back. He's taking his time with his family. And at the end of the day, he came back. The only people who know are Bergeron and his family. And until Bergeron comes out and puts out that video saying that he's done, he's retiring, I am operating under the the inclination that Bergeron will be back next year. 
Yeah. I think the team is almost better off without David Krejci coming back. And I've been kind of saying that for the past couple of weeks, but I've been thinking about it more and more, and I think the team is better off. You saw Krejci slow down towards the end of the year. Um, you, he, I think I'd rather see a guy like Pavel Zaka take that two-center spot, and then you you work around with the wings and you try to make it work, and, and hopefully if Bergeron is back, then he retains that first-line center role. Yeah, now if 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 Bergeron and Krejci don't come back, who would be your who would you turn to to start looking to fill your I think we all we both agree that Zaka would be your 2C. I I think that's an easy answer to Krejci retiring. Yeah. But if Bergeron's gone, what do you do with your first line center cuz you have a gaping hole there? Well, Pierre-Luc Dubois is already gone. He went to the Kings, so that's not an option anymore. Yeah, and by the way, that contract that he got, yeah. did you see and the trade too? Oh my God! What a thing to have him. Montreal was kicking tires and saw that contract <laughs> and what he got and was like, "Holy shit! He's gonna request a trade here in two years, anyways. Why do we?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it wasn't it for it was six or eight years, right? I think it was eight years, eight and a half. Eight, eight years. I knew. Yeah, I knew eight and a half. Eight that's, years is insane. That's especially for a guy like we've already spent a couple episodes talking about how you can't trust this guy, and to give him that much money is also there was just a trade in the NHL. Yes. Uh, who is it? New Sharon Jersey, right? Govich dealt to Calgary for Toffoli in a third round pick. Yep. Yep. I like that trade for New Jersey. That's a good trade for New Jersey. Um, okay. Back to what we were saying. Who would you plug into that one C role? Well, as as gone? See, the thing is with, with Dubois, right? Like he's a good player. PLD is a good player. It's the only knock on him is his loyalty. And that's it. Like, that's really it because he's a very, very good player and he's young too. So if L.A. can find a way to make him stay there and be productive and and be happy, then good on them. But if not, then it's going to be the same thing that we've seen for the past couple of years. Like, wait two years and he's going to be demanding a trade out of there. And it's like, oh, my God, here we go again. But (laughs) So if, if not PLD... I guess you could look towards Calgary for a guy like Elias Lindholm. You could look to Winnipeg for Shifley. I, I personally, I would look at Shifley more than Lindholm just because I think he plays that more Bruins type game. And I think he fits in with the system a little bit better than Lindholm does. Outside of those two, the field is kind of slim. The field is slim. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think when we last recorded, we were talking about Lindholm and how, exciting that could be first of all it'd be cool to have two Lindholms on the same team but that would would be be. exciting (laughs) if you had Elias Lindholm on the Bruins but I'm kind of been all aboard the uh, Shifley the Shifley trade especially if Winnipeg could eat half of his salary and you could take Shifley and have him be your first line center I I thought I saw somebody say yesterday in the chat in your uh, shameless plug your uh, what's brewing live live stream that Shifley I believe he's making under five mil his cap hit especially if Winnipeg eats some of that don't quote me on that though because I'm quoting this kid I don't know if he's right or not but um, also thinking if you had Shifley as your 1C, you had Zaka as your 2C and Coyle as your 3C, those mm-hmm. are some big dogs. All three of them are 6'3 and taller, so that would be hard and, to play against. And your lineup starts through the middle. It's 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 the spine of your team. It's your center depth, and that's what you need. If you had Shifley, Zaka, and Coyle down the line, you're, o- you're okay. And by the way, <clears throat> Shifley's making 6.1. 
Okay. Yeah. So if Winnipeg could eat some of that and no, I don't know what the hell Winnipeg's doing. Cause now Connor Hellebuck wants out and he's right. getting traded. So they very well might just have a fire sale and ship everybody out of there. And if that's the case, I'm Don Sweeney. I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling asking about Shifley. Cause I think he'd be a great fit in that one C uh, position. If Bergeron were to retire. Cause it's, I mean, there's similar style of players. Like you mentioned, how old is Shifley? Is he like early thirties? I believe Shifley's 30 years old on the dot. I'll, oh I'll double God. check, but... Um, and that's yeah, the guy, Mark, too. Mark Shifley's a, 30. He's 30. And that's that's a good locker room guy, too. He's been a leader up there in Winnipeg. I mean, that would be a home run move if the Bruins could add Shifley. But like you said, other he's, than that, I don't know who else. He's a good locker room guy in some aspects, but also you saw that locker room go to shit, too. And, and that team kind of turn against the coaching staff and everybody just kind of got miserable so how much of that was on him? How much of that, you know, would he bring over to the Bruins? Yeah, I'm choosing to put all of that on Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I look at it too, like Florida had, was dealing with the same shit earlier this year. Like their locker room was going to shit. And as Maurice said, he pitched them out and told them that they're all playing like a bunch of bitches. And then they turn around and went all the way to the Stanley cup finals. I don't know what's going on in Winnipeg, but I think that you're there's, if there's smoke, there's fire, especially if everybody wants out and they're shipping all these guys out of town. But mm-hmm. I think that benefits the Bruins. If Shifley's out there and the Bruins know they could get him, and Winnipeg might be willing to eat some of that contract. I would be more than interested in bringing him in here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Shifley would fit in well, Lindholm would be okay, I think. I just think this, the system the Bruins play is a little more physical, and I think Shifley fits that a little bit better than Lindholm does. Yeah. But, I mean, both both are good options, though. Both, now, both are definitely good options. What about the uh, free agent centers? I know, I was, I know it's not very deep because some of these guys have been signed. I think Dylan Larkin was supposed to be a UFA, but he got that obviously that big extension from Detroit. I remember a while ago before he got dealt to uh, Toronto, I think I was talking about I would love Ryan O'Reilly, but mm. the problem with him is how much he's going to cost, and uh, that might scare the Bruins away. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know because are you talking in terms of replacing uh, Bergeron if he retires? Yeah, I don't know if I would want Ryan O'Reilly playing uh, first line center. Yeah. I think right if now, it was I mean, between the two of them, I would feel more confident with Shifley there. But, I mean, you need somebody because Charlie Coyle isn't a first-line center. I know he played no. well one C in the playoffs when uh, Bergeron was out, but I is, is it a thing that you think the Bruins just kind of eat the money and do what they can at first-line center and just roll it into the following year if Bergeron retires? Maybe because if you're looking at the free agent class right now, Mel, it's Jonathan Taves, Ryan O'Reilly, Patrice Bergeron, Alex Kalorn. Um, Alexander Kerfoot, which is not true because he just got dealt. Uh, JT Comfer, Lars Eller, Paul Byron, Craig Smith. <laughs> Bring him <laughs> back. There's your first line center. Yeah, Nick Bonino. It's it's not. It's it's. I mean, wow that that might be one of the worst free agent classes I've ever heard. <laughs> oh Ryan, my god. Ryan Donato. Oh, there we go. Why are, we even, <laughs> why are we even having a debate? Just bring Donato and is Spooner available too? Let's bring him in here. <laughs> Just bring back JFK. I don't yeah. know, dude. <laughs> there, it's it's a it's a weird position. It's a it's a weird year for the Bruins to kind of be in this spot too. 
Yeah, no, and, and that's why like I really, really want Bergeron to give his answer because it makes life the offseason so much easier for the Bruins. And the earlier he's able to give the Bruins his answer if he's coming back or not, the earlier the Bruins are able to start building this team. Um, but a Gail tweeted it earlier today. I don't know her Twitter handle, but she said that um, Don Sweeney's, you know, building two teams, two rosters, basically one with yes. Bergeron and Krejci and one without him. And uh, I can't even imagine the amount of stress that Bruins fans are under right now, wondering what this team is going to look like. Can you imagine? I bet you Don Sweeney hasn't had a good night's sleep since game 82 of the regular <laughs> season. That poor guy. But seriously, if you were to gauge the stress levels of all 32 NHL fan bases right now, Bruins have to be number one. They oh have my to God. Have they to have be. to. And it's, and it's like, obviously, the Dude, season... Wait. You, you, before you say that, you have no cap space. You have like, you have like 13 players signed. Clifton, Frederick, Bergeron, Krejci, Swayman, they're all free agents. Um... Like you don't even know the future of your number one and number two centers. Like you, yeah. you don't know. You don't and on no top idea. of that, and on top of that, you just had the greatest season in regular history and got bounced in the first round. You've lost three cups since you last won one, and you don't have a first round draft pick for three years. Like, That's you know, what I, was, like I was just gonna say that too. <laughs> like what? what? Like what do you do? Like I feel like Don Sweeney like is is pulling up to Bergeron's house on his knees and he's like praying, please come back for one more year. Please, Bergeron, I will literally give you a billion dollars in bonuses. I don't care what I have to do. We will give you equity in the team. You will be the new owner of the Bruins. Just please come back. I wonder, too, I know it definitely doesn't, but I wonder if Bergeron looks at, at the video of those jerseys for next year and goes, oh, man, I got to wear my, I got to wear one of those. Yeah. That, well, that, too. Like, he's going to come on. He's got to wear that. Yeah, I know. I know Krejci's looking at it and going, maybe and then hopefully somebody locks his phone screen on him but i know bergeron's looking at it and i'm hoping that he's wanting to play in those that would be cool though for bergeron if he played in the in the 90th anniversary jerseys and the centennial jerseys that would be a cool hat to hang i i I, with absolutely zero knowledge and zero inside information i truly think that bergeron comes back for one more year I do Truly. too. Because think I, about it, you you know he's a you know how big of a uh, place in his heart this team holds for him. Why, how are you going to retire after the year that you just had, the way that ended, and then also on the hundredth anniversary of the team's existence? I think yeah. he comes back for one year, and then no matter what, that's it. Like a hundred percent, that's it. Yeah, this is the way that I choose to look at it is throughout the course of last year, you and I kept saying over and over again, I think he's coming back next year. I don't think this is it. And we said that all throughout last year, knowing that the offseason was going to be like this. And now the offseason is like this. I'm looking at myself from six months ago and that guy saying, listen, you said then he's coming back. So still be confident. So I'm still holding out hope that Bergeron is going to come back. And like I said, until Bergeron says it himself, or there's some uh, report or, or a video from Bergeron saying that he's announcing his retirement, I am I'm moving like he's coming back. Because yeah. I, for every reason you just said, the way the season ended, to go to four Stanley Cups and only have one of them, he he's still, I think the most important part is he's still on top of his game. I mean, he almost had 30 goals this year. 
and he just ran away with the Selkie. Like he's still the best two-way center in the game. It's not like it, I think if he was falling off and his, you know, and he's there's a dramatic decline in his game. I think then then there's a significant chance that he leaves. But right. the only thing that I think that could worry me are, are his injuries. He's 37. He just had a herniated disc. He's welcoming in a new child. He's had a handful of concussions throughout his career. I know he hasn't had a a, a serious, serious, you know, like mid-season injury that's cost him a couple months since mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, his last concussion or maybe there's something I'm missing in between them. But I think part of him also looks at that and looks at his kids and goes, you know, I'm 37. I've got six Selkies, a ring. I've done everything you can do. I got Olympic gold medals. I'm okay. But I'm hoping that for every reason you just said that that all outweighs that side of his mind. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. The team is just going to be so much different if, uh, if, if he doesn't and, and you're going to need a one seat. You can't roll Zaka coil. You, you can't roll Zaka coil. <laughs> no serious team would roll Zaka, especially when you don't have your own first round draft pick. The only team that wants right. the Bruins to roll Zaka coil is whoever has next season's first round <laughs> draft pick. And that's yeah. not happening. If, if the Bruins move it, I saw too, uh, you mentioned, we were talking about this the other day that, if Mike Riley, if the Bruins were to make some trades on defense, if they shipped out Forbert and if they shipped out um, Grizzlick, would you feel comfortable with holding on to Mike Riley and using him in that on that left side? Honestly, at this point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as Which scary, is as scary as that sounds, yes. <laughs> yeah, but if if the Bruins move on from the three of them, so now you're only. NHL caliber left shot defenseman is Charlie McAvoy and you still have Zaboral, but he's played. Oh no. Mac is on the right. Isn't he? Oh, then who's, who's the, who's the left side? Who am I thinking? Oh, am I thinking of Lindholm? Is he the lefty? Yes. Lindholm is. Okay. Okay. So you have Hampus Lindholm and then the only other defenseman you have who has NHL experience as that's a lefty is Zaboral. And he's played like a handful of more NHL games than I have. Right. So then what 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 do you do if you're the Bruins? Do you do you roll with uh that Mitchell guy they just traded? I think he's a right D. Do you trade for somebody? Do you call up Lorai? It's it's ridiculous because right now I'm on a daily faceoff. And okay, I, oh my god. All right, this is oh my god. Daily faceoff. <laughs> this is what the this is what daily faceoff has <laughs> as the lines for the Bruins right now. You ready? Yeah. This is pitiful. <laughs> Brad Marchand, Pavel Zaka, David Pasternak. All right. Jake DeBrusque, Charlie Coyle, AJ Greer is your second right. line. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It gets worse. Jacob Lauko, Trent Frederick, and Fabian Lysel. I could kind of fuck hell? with that line. I could that fuck would be with that fun, line. but. Yeah, I don't know how good it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth line. Georgie Merkulov, Mark McLaughlin, and Oscar Steen. <laughs> now the now the, now the defensive pairing. Is that a meme page? Is that a real no, page? This is legit. <laughs> Matt Grizzlick, Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo, Derek Forbert, Jacob Zaboral, and then um, goaltending is All Market Swayman. So, all right. At least the defensive units 
pretty good. But is that a, uh, is that a playoff team? AJ Greer on your second line? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> like, come on, especially in the East with this division, no shot. Right. And that's why we were saying the only uh, the only team that's rooting for that is whoever has the uh, the Bruins first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. But speaking of all these trades, what's your stance now with uh, the Vezina winner, Linus Olmark? In in terms of him being traded or not? Yeah. Do you think he's gonna go? I think there's less of a chance now. Um, did, did you hear his comments last night? No, I Except didn't. His, his Vesna? Did you? Unfortunately, did you? unfortunately, the Hilton in Cancun doesn't carry the NHL awards. Oh, if they did, I'm sure it would be in Spanish. <laughs> Hang on, let me find let me find what he said because it got a lot of. I remember when I was watching it, and uh, I didn't have the impression that most people have. Although I do remember when he said it. Oh I do God. remember seeing people kind of freak out about it but i wasn't able to uh research it too much yeah let me find hang on i'm i've been tweeting a lot in the last day and a half or so because it was nice going on twitter yesterday and everybody was tweeting about the bruins at the same time it was it was like old times it was a little little blast from the past um here we go come on where are you where are you going through my gym here we go uh Joe Haggerty said, Linus Omark wins the Vesna, and it sounded like he threw goalie Bob Asensa under the bus a little bit in his acceptance speech, saying they, quote, mm-hmm. butt heads every now and then and not agreeing on what we want to achieve. Um, there was a longer version hmm. of that quote that I want to find because he said a little more. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. So he thinks he threw Bob Asensa under the bus a little bit? For what? For, yeah. the, for the rotation in the playoffs? Well, the way that it came out of Omar's mouth. Oh, here's the full quote. Linus Omar said, I also want to thank you. I also want to thank you to the coaching staff, Monty, goalie, Bob Asensa for butting heads every now and then not always agreeing upon what we want to achieve, but we always make up as friends at the end. Hmm. I definitely think that it was, I think first look, you look at that and we know what happened in the playoffs, right? The whole second half of the season, they were going, Olmark Swayman, Olmark Swayman, Olmark Swayman, and they had incredible success. And Monty's been very open about how he gives all the credit in that to Bob Asensa because he basically goes to Bob, the goalie coach, and says, who's starting today? And he goes, Olmark. And he goes, all right. And then that's who starts. And If you ask Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, they will both tell you that Bob Asenza has had a huge impact on the success of those two goalies this year. He's in 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 terms of I know he coached them on how to change their stance, on just the schedule of of between when they get their starts, and then when the playoffs started. And obviously, Olmark is now starting the first four games. I'm assuming that decision came from Bob Asenza. So I think what happened. I just read this quote. Sweeney said that as of now, his plan is to retain both Swayman and Linus Allmark for next season. Now that. What is the plan? Well, it sounds like if he's doing that, maybe they don't have to worry about cutting as much cap as I thought they needed, which so would only that work would be a good if sign Patrice for Bergeron. Bergeron is coming back. Okay. That's the way I'm going to choose to interpret that. But – People saw this quote from Linus Olmark yesterday and thought that he was basically throwing uh, Bob Asensa under the bus for Olmark's failures in the playoffs. And a lot of people thought that. A lot of 
uh, like fans thought that a lot of reporters thought that even like national reporters were saying it was kind of a tongue in cheek quote from Lena Solmark. The way that a little little bit, a little bit, but like the way that I interpreted it is you could tell Lena Solmark was nervous as shit. I mean, he went up there before and he was, he was chatting with biz and you could just kind of tell he's a quirky guy, you know, Twitter handle is ice bear dude. I don't think he probably felt very comfortable in front of a stage of thousands of people, national TV. And on top of that, English isn't his first language. And I think what he was trying to get across was probably just a playful jab at Bob Asensa because they have that kind of relationship as it's been detailed throughout this entire year. And I think it just came out wrong. I don't think he was throwing shots at Bob Asensa because literally nothing would ever support the theory that Linus Omark is a kind of goalie that would throw shots at his goalie coach. Right. Also, he's not the kind of guy to do that either. Yeah. He's very, he's, he's very reserved. Yeah. And he's a sweetheart. He's a good right. guy. And I, and I, I think that it was just kind of a classic moment. I'm sure Linus Omark didn't even realize what he had said. I'm sure he was trying to articulate something else, but that is what ended up coming out. So that's the way that I interpret it. I don't think he meant anything by it, but people saw that. And then like, I remember right after he said that they cut to Cam Neely and like, he looked pissed. Like he was kind of sitting there like stone faced, looking at Omark and everybody started tweeting, oh boy, like, um, like Omark's quote just solidified that he wants out and that he's going to get traded. And I won't say who, but I'm sure you can guess, but local radio hosts were calling Omark a big baby for how he was throwing shots at Bob Asensa. And I was just so sick of it because there's literally like, I, I, I interpreted that as just, it just slip of the tongue. He wasn't what he was trying to say. That's how it came across and it's fine. It happens, but I don't know. That's why I, I, I took it, but that's interesting that you said that, uh, Don Sweeney's interested in keeping Sweeney, um, Jesus Christ, I can't talk, Swayman and Omar for the next year. <laughs> I, it, but you're kind of right, though. If they do end up going that route, then that makes sense that they have, you know, a little bit of an inkling that Bergeron's going to come back next year. I think so. And I think also um, if, if they make some moves defensively, like if they trade Forbert, which I think they're going to, and if they need to make to shed even more cap, like Clifton's gone, Forbert's probably gone. Riley, I'm praying every night that he's gone. <laughs> and I'm sure he is too, honestly. He wants to play. And if they move Grizzlick, because he has like a $3 million cap hit and he has value. And like Mason Lowry isn't ready yet but he could get games towards the end of this year. I think that it would be a lot better if you had that goalie tandem for this defensive core next year, because they might have some holes in it. And I think that that would help the guys in front of him. Like last year, they Mm -hmm. had an incredible defensive crew. And I think you saw Linus Olmark in Swayman's numbers reflective of that because they had one of the, one of the better defensive units in the game playing in front of them next year. It's probably not going to be that because the Bruins are going to have to start trimming the fat with some of these defensive guys. So I think, I would feel more confident if the Bruins had Olmark and Swayman back next year. I would say, all right, our defensive court took a step back, but at least we still have the Jennings Trophy winners playing goalie or whatever it's called. Yeah. No, you know what? That honestly makes more sense. Um, I, I don't know where I stand now on an, on an Olmark trade. Because it, it's because <laughs> right now nothing makes any sense. Like, are you going to be able to sign Bertuzzi or not? Are you planning on bringing back Bergeron or not? How many defensemen are you trading? Are you gonna are you gonna trade Forbert or not? Because it seems like everything right now is up in the air. So, but until you know what your team is gonna look like, maybe you wait on dealing Allmark. 
because like yeah. you said, you 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 don't want to go into the year with Swayman and Bossy as your number one and number two if you're going to have a shitty team in front of them. Yeah, and that's why like back to Taylor Hall, like I like that's why like if they thought if if like today Don or yesterday Don Sweeney said that he doesn't apparently he said he doesn't feel confident that Bertuzzi's coming back. Then why would he trade Taylor Hall? Right. Like then Bertuzzi would just walk and you would keep Taylor Hall, which is why that that like that that statement that quote just doesn't make sense to me. That would be negligence by Don Sweeney if he had no conversations with Tyler Bertuzzi, assumed that he would just want to come back and then traded Taylor Hall to make calf space. And he's not a dumb guy. And I don't think he's I I don't think he's that dumb. So I, I feel like I'm 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 respecting Don Sweeney the Sweeneyus. And I think that he has enough foresight to trade Taylor Hall and then understand or have conversations and expect Tyler Bertuzzi to come back, which is why I yeah. think that, that I think that that's probably what's going to happen. But I am really interested in Linus Holmark staying. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but hey, anyways, um, let's start. I want to remind everybody if you if you are a gambling man, uh, you can go to <laughs> FanDuel.com/slash/Boston. Uh, get your rewards, get your benefits. Um, only thing really right now to gamble on is baseball, golf, maybe some tennis. Um, you know, any other summer sports you're into. I know football's coming up soon, so but let's jump into some DMs here. So we got one here from at SN Davies22. He said, I know it won't be an easy topic, but please discuss the possibility of the four UFAs leaving and what it would imply about the usage of the 2023 Boston Bruins resources. You can't be talking about draft capital because there is none. <laughs> there is a zero. Who the four UFAs are Bertuzzi, Hathaway, Orlov, and you could I mean you could throw in I know Frederick's an RFA. Do you count him? Frederick no, Frederick's RFA, Swayman's RFA, Clifton is RFA. Um let's see here. I mean UFA obviously Krejci and Bergeron too. Yeah. Well, I don't count them though. They're not going anywhere other than the couch of the Bruins. Yeah, uh, no sec, dude. Who are the four? Who are the who's the fourth? Yeah, hang on. Orlov, Bertuzzi, Hathaway. <laughs> oh, Clifton's UFA. Oh, well, if 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 he leaves, I leave. <laughs> I can't be a fan of a team without a Quinnipiac Bobcat on it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I think, I think Clifton's gone. I think he's going to get his money, and I think he deserves okay. it. And I think I think that's okay. I think the Bruins can afford to lose Connor Clifton, although yeah. I loved his play last year. Um, but what do you think about the rest of them? I've thought Orlov was gone since day one. I don't think you ever had a chance to re-sign Orlov, nor do you really have – it's not like a point of weakness in your team. Your defense is not a point of weakness right now. Bertuzzi, I, I, I mean, now that you lost Hall, you kind of like need to find a way to yeah. sign Bertuzzi. Um, I, I, he's got to be priority number one even more than he was before. Um, Bergeron, I think he, if he comes back, it's at a minimal deal, so you just have to wait for word from him. Nosek, I mean, if you can bring him back, okay, bring back Nosek. Face off, King. Yeah, Hathaway, I think, is gone. Um, I feel like Hathaway can still come back. 
You think so? I do. I don't think he's going to ask for that much. Okay. Would you rather have Hathaway or Lucic? Hathaway. Okay. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> thank you. Lucic would be fun, but come on. <laughs> would he be though? Or would it just be kind of like old bones of an old person who used to play here? Like, oh man, he, this isn't who we remember him as. Well, yeah, all. but I, th- I think that's why it would be fun because like Lucic, like big Luch, like, come on. Like, you don't want to hear Jack Edwards start yelling he's chugging up the ice every time he <laughs> touches the puck and his big hits and he started fighting again he took those years off when he was in la and his last couple years in the bruins how he didn't fight as much because he kept injuring his hands but he's been beating guys to a pulp when he was up in calgary but on the bruins he would be he wouldn't be anything more than a fourth liner and that's no. and you're right like it would be weird to see lucic in it, the role in the bruins it, jersey I would I would much rather have guys like Steen, guys like McLaughlin, guys like Beecher, guys like Lauko, guys like Merkulov get the get those minutes over uh, a guy like Lucic. Like it would be it would it would be kind of cool in the beginning. You'd hear the you'd you know you'd hear the crowd Luch for the first yeah. two games. And like I said, I said this on the Monday show. I said you'd hear that and you'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool, like throwback. And then you get a dumb penalty. And then you get on, and then you get another dumb penalty, and then you get another dumb penalty, and another dumb penalty, and a giveaway, and a turnover, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, what have we done? What yeah. have we done? Why is he here?" And it would be like game forty, and he's had he would have like three points and a minus twelve, and you'd be like, "Come on, man! Like, why, why did we right. do this to bring to bring Lucic back?" Right. But I I think that the Bruins, you're right. They they pretty much have no more resources at this point. They have pretty much no cap room they have no draft picks they have a depleted farm system and the couple of uh good prospects they have they might desperately need to fill out the rest of their roster next year i think the only resource that they can acquire is cap room if they move players but then you have to do the you know does the risk outweigh the reward if you are to trade somebody like the bruins just traded taylor hall so they can sign bertuzzi and then if bertuzzi doesn't come back well now you're screwed because, like, what yeah. are you doing? Who are you, who are you going to put in your second-line wings? Which yeah, is now, just... now you really have A.J. Greer on your second line. <laughs> yeah. Now, congrats. You suck. <laughs> yeah, but – and you have no picks. Oh, my God. But yeah. um, oh. I, now we're talking about Taylor Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi. So I put this poll out earlier today. I said, would you rather have Taylor Hall or Tyler Bertuzzi? The poll got 1,603 votes. Wow. Look at you pulling numbers. Even in Mexico, you're still those Twitter fingers are going. <laughs> what do you think the percentages were? I'm going to say 85-15 in favor of Bertuzzi. Okay. You were pretty close. It was 89% Bertuzzi, 11% Taylor <laughs> Hall. Wow. I thought that I was doing it on the high end. I thought it would be a little a little closer to 70 30 65 45 65 35 quick math yeah um, almost almost nine to nine to one yeah no i mean i i i agree with that you know i think that uh i th- i think a lot of it resides on the amount of hockey that we saw bertuzzi play with pasta last year and even though it wasn't a lot it was an absolute electric factory and on top of that he's what like two or three years cheaper um Bruins can sign him long term and 
The only thing that would worry me about Bertuzzi is just injury concerns because I know he's had a lot of injuries uh, in his in his career so far. And for the for for the Bruins to maximize his delivery, what he can give you, I know he was a back to back thirty goal scorer. You got to be on the ice, and um, that like what what kind of contract do you think Bertuzzi is going to get? Whether it be, thinking, be for the Bruins or anybody else, it, I'm thinking somewhere between. Six and seven. And if some team really wants to overpay, it'll be seven and a half. I don't think it gets any higher than that, though. Do you know if the Bruins came in and gave them, you know, eight years at six mil per and then some, you know, like Chicago, for example, just some dumpster fire organization comes in and gives them eight at seven per or seven and a half per. Do you think he would he would take a little bit of a discount to stay in Boston or do you think he would go for the money? I don't know because if you go to Chicago, you're gonna go play with Bedard. Yeah. Like, like, all right, then say it's like Winnipeg. No, I think he's staying in Boston. <laughs> or even worse, <laughs> Calgary. Calgary's the Calgary's selling their city at this point, dude. They I have know nobody on that team anymore. <laughs> oh no, we didn't talk about. Uh, what about Noah Hannafin? I know he's a name mm. too that the Bruins. I've seen Bruins okay. have a link to him, maybe bringing in Hannafin. Okay, if if you can, so going back to the center. I know I said I would rather have Shifley than Lindholm, but in the same trade, if you can pull Lindholm and Hannafin from Calgary, then you do that instead of just going after Shifley because Hannafin would help you immensely. Oh, yeah. And especially, too, if you're I, – I mentioned it last episode. If you're able to trade for Lindholm and then give him that – not Lindholm, sorry. Well, I mean, Lindholm can be included. But if you're able to trade for Hannafin and then you gave you give him that extension like Sweeney did with Hampus Lindholm, that could yes. be a home run move. I mean, you would have – your your top four would all be 26 and younger other than Hampus Lindholm, who's like 29. Um and I mean that's that's incredible. And not on, even on top of that too, like last year, I know the Bruins had McAvoy is what six one, but he plays a lot bigger than he is. Uh, they had Hampus Lindholm, who I think is six four. They have Brandon Carlo, who's like six six, and although he uses his body, you don't he doesn't put anybody through the glass. They had Connor Clifton, Connor Clifton, who's like five eleven. They had. Matt Grizzlick, who's like 5'11". They had some smaller guys back there. So if you include, um, and I know I skipped Eric Forber, he's a big dog. But either way, if you're able to have your top four and all four of them are, you know, 6'3 and taller, omitting Charlie McAvoy, who plays like he's seven feet tall, that could be hard to play against. And if the Bruins have some of these holes in their centers, you know, if Bergeron doesn't come back and they can fill whoever they can in that top line center, and if they have a, a, a kid line in their third line and then, who knows what's on their fourth line or vice versa. They might have to rely more on their defense next year than they have in the past. And it would be a lot easier to do that. A, if you have Olmark and Swayman and B, if you have Noah Hannafin as well. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, Noah Hannafin on this team would be uh, unbelievable. Then you would, and then you could afford to lose a guy like Krizlik because then you yeah. can go McAvoy, Hannafin, Lindholm, Carlo. That's your top four. That's a hell of a top four. God. Oh, that's a God. hell of a top four. Would it be possible to even get Hannafin if the Bruins don't first move Olmark? It would be difficult. Ah, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it would be difficult. We're not even talking about like Trent Frederick. Like I want Trent Frederick back here too. And the Bruins would have right. to pay for him because he's an RFA. At least though, if he is to get a stupid, silly contract from somebody, the Bruins will get draft picks for him. But I mean, it's not like he's going to get a monster deal that'll net the Bruins a couple first, like, right. which sucks. But 
I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, this this next question comes in from our boy Ethan 2.0. Um, right now his handle is Bruins off season mode. I don't even have to look at his Twitter handle. I know it off the top of my head. It's Mister. <laughs> Or, I'm sorry, you can, it's at incredible Mr. E7. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you looked. I still, no, I didn't look. I still didn't even look. I didn't I, I knew I got it wrong. But um he said Stevie Snipes episode, baby. Well, who's on your radar for the draft and who's a sleeper for the draft overall? Um I have a couple in, uh, on my mind. Do you want me to go first, Mel, or do you want to? Yeah, no, go for it because I don't have anybody because the Bruins <laughs> don't have a pick until 92. So this kid, obviously, this kid, Carter Bedard, he, no one's talking about him. He's really good. He's, this, <laughs> he's, a, he's a sleeper. Yeah, he's, he's he, won, got, he, he won an NHL award before ever stepping on an NHL rink. Yeah, quick. Yeah, seriously. But he's got a, he's got a quick set of hands. No, I'm kidding. Um, so... <laughs> There's this kid, right? Matthew Wood. I think he's projected to go around like 15 or 16. Um, he played for UConn. A lot of people compare him to Tage Thompson, also a UConn guy. But he's, he's 6'3", 190 pounds. Um, and he had an unbelievable year at UConn this year. 35 games played, 34 points, 4 PIMS, plus 7. Um but he's a, he's a giant, giant, giant kid. He's 18. He can skate like the wind, and he's got hands like like Yager. Not really. Oh. But, <laughs> no, but he's got good hands. Um, he, I, he's a pretty good sleeper. Um, David Reinbacher, defenseman. I'm pretty sure he's a German defenseman. He's a big guy. Um, he's looking pretty good, too. <sighs> What's his name? Uh, Quentin Musty. Quentin Musty, for some reason, is projected to go late in the draft by most, mostly every um, mock draft, you know, site. But I'm pulling up his stats right now. Do, do, do. Um, Quentin Musty, 17 years old. He's a left wing. He's 6'2", 190. This year with the Sudbury Wolves, 53 games played, 78 points, 71 PIMS as well. So, and and like I said, that's a guy who's projected to go kind of later in the first round. Now, do you think that what are you what are the odds that the Bruins are able to trade up into the first round? Because as as I said, I believe their first pick in the draft is pick 92, which is a uh, what is that late third round? Yeah, very late third round. Oh, Christ. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. They'd have to trade a lot. I mean, you're probably looking at losing Lysel, maybe Lori, maybe even Allmark. Um, just to even have a uh, – it depends on how high you want to go. But, I mean, everybody knows – the thing is there's the Bruins have no leverage. Everybody has leverage against the Bruins. They know that, like, the they need these <laughs> these assets. Yeah, and that's why it kind of stinks too because like a lot of like these Bruins prospects like Mason Lorai, um, Fabian Lysel, Georgie Merkulov, like they could be important pieces of this team someday, but they're just not ready yet. And the Bruins kind of need them to be ready now. And that's why it stinks because you can really only get those NHL-ready prospects in like the top half of the draft. Even like Charlie McAvoy, I think he was 14 
And uh, when did he play his first game? I know he didn't come in right away. He came in towards the playoffs. I don't know if that was his first year in the Bruins organization or his second, but either way, I think he had an extra year. Bad example, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, not that, a bad example. Uh, I know what you're saying. Even if the Bruins are able to trade into the late first round or if they are able to find a sleeper in the second or third round, I mean, don't expect them to make any difference this year. And and that's why I was talking about it. I don't remember who I was talking about it with. But um, if the Bruins are to move Olmark or actually, I think I commented it last night in the What's Bruin chat. If the Bruins are to move Olmark or a guy like that or even Grizzlick, I wouldn't want a draft pick. I would want a young player who you know can contribute to this team. And I know that those are few and far between, but um, Brett from only Bruins has been pumping the train on Shane Wright to Boston. And mm-hmm. I've, I've been on the train with him. I would love that because a, he's, he's a good player. Hopefully B he'll, he'll fit in and he'll get NHL minutes ideally right away. I know he didn't on Seattle, but I don't think that was his fault. Right. Um, what am I on now? D, um yeah he's yeah. he's he's cheap and he's cost controlled and you can watch him grow in your system and i would feel more confident if the bruins are to move in Olmark. i would feel more confident if they traded him for a young center or a young established player in the league than i would to get a first round pick because i feel like you're yeah. much less likely to swing and miss on a young player who's been developing in a, in another team's franchise compared to a guy coming from the OHL or from college or from overseas. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so we, we got one more DM. This comes from Grace Roberts. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the black and gold hockey podcast. Um, shout out. You, you can follow her on Twitter at G Robs underscore Boston. She said how much alcohol we're all going to have to consume to get through this off season. <laughs> oh God. Barrels and barrels and barrels. Well, I replied to her with a, with a cargo ship gif. So yeah, the evergreen, the one that got stuck in the Suez canal. <laughs> yes. You dumbass. I saw that. I was laughing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, we're going to have to get one of those, uh, those like big ocean bowls from like Chili's. Every single night until we know what's happening yeah. with Bergeron, then we can switch to like seltzer or something. Just but bottomless, bottomless <laughs> yeah. mimosas. The only way to get through this this long ass off season is just get absolutely hammered every single night and watch, watch the, the 2011 Stanley Cup DVD. It's honestly, it's honestly perfect that I use that evergreen boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal because we could just <laughs> chug it all. You know, I've always wanted to try uh, like the sunken pirate ships. How they say that they sink with rum on board. Oh, I bet that tastes so good. I can't even imagine. You're in Mexico. Did you get any tequila? Oh yeah, come on. Oh my god, what kind do they have out there? Like, what are they? What do they have at the bars? Um, just like a lot of homemade stuff. It's actually it's it's pretty good. Oh my god, you better bring me back a bottle. Uh, Ah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's tough because I forgot to tell the bank that uh, that I was coming down to Mexico, so I can't even use my card right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I was texting you all day today, and you were you were messaging us on Twitter, but you weren't answering my text. And I was like, this asshole, man! Like, what the fuck? So I, I, I like said something in the group chat on Twitter. I was like, dude, answer my text, and you were like, no data, can't text. And I was like, oh my god, I've been texting yeah. you for three days. 
Yeah, thank God. Oh my God. Thank God that this hotel has Wi-Fi. Cause can you imagine if it didn't? And and I get home on Sunday and all of a sudden I find out Taylor Hall is traded. Everything's <laughs> going on with the Bruins. Fucking the NHL awards. Like, oh can you imagine? Wait, so if you can't use your card, how are you paying for shit? We we're luckily we're all inclusive. Oh, okay. You luckily. Yeah, yeah, so you can get more rolls of ham at the buffet line. You don't even understand how many times I've gone through that buffet line so far. <laughs> I don't blame you. Are you you're right on the water? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm can showing the camera right now. Can you see? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, hey, with with that, hey, with that, we're gonna end the episode. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. All right, so with that, we're gonna end the episode. Um, this was thank. You. I know. I know. <laughs> hey. I didn't even get to see the view. The blinds are closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right well hey with with that being said with uh you know yeah, you go, go, go clean up your wine glass you gotta clean it up all right well with that being said uh thank you all for listening to episode 47 of the something's brewing podcast um <laughs> I, I just want to remind everybody we uh, are brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow our Twitter at Bruin Something, no G at the end. You can follow our YouTube at Something's Bruin. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. We almost got through this episode flawlessly. Almost. You didn't even move the computer and it was fun. I was it was shattering and you didn't even I was still looking at the curtain on the wall. <laughs> hey, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, hey, but yeah, thank you all for listening and we will catch you all next week. Adios. I can't. Hang on. Give me some. <laughs> all right. Just, all right. Just blurt it out. Once you blurt it out, you'll get you'll get in the groove. Yeah. 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 All right. Just yell "Welcome back" as loud as you can. Que pasa, y bienvenido de nuevo al episodio 47 del podcasto de Algo Bruin. 47. Episode 47. <laughs> Live from Mexico. Uh, welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. Episode 47. 47.